You're listening to Simpler It's Radio, episode number 176. And today I'm sharing 10 lessons I've learned from my therapist. Welcome to Simple Roots Radio with Alexa Schirm. Alexa believes that simplicity in life is the key to achieving true and lasting health. And now your host, Alexa Schirm. Welcome back to this podcast. As always, my name's Alexa, and this is the place to get healthy, live happy, and find more joy. I'm so glad you're here. As we are ending the last podcast in this mindset series, yes, in the summer, I like to dig into the mind and how we can live in a healthier space with healthier emotions and thoughts in this summer specifically to help us overcome anxiety, or maybe better said, change the way that we view it. So this is it. Episode number 176. There have been over 16 episodes in the series, and I have just had so much fun. I have honestly learned so much in this journey this summer, and I'm excited to share some of the things that I've been learning because not only are these things I'm just talking about, but these are the podcasts that I have been soaking in and thinking about long after the episode has been aired and the interview has gone live. All of those things have really led me to the space of just slowing down enough to think, like to think about my thoughts and my feelings and this whole idea of what health is, which I'm still grappling with and I'm still trying to better understand. But I do want you to know that if you take the time to go through a journey like this, to release and free your emotions, to do the deep work that's necessary, I find that there's so much more peace and and coming home to yourself. And I know that sounds really cheesy in a way, but at the same time, I just keep questioning, are we just the people who are running and in the pursuit of something simply because we're running away from the baggage that we hold on to, from the emotions of our past, from our childhood traumas, or whatever else it is that we have going on inside of us? Are we just trying to become someone else so we no longer have to live with this person that we are right now? But what happens when we start to do this emotional work or what I found is it almost brings me back home. Like it brings me back to me and it helps me to understand in a new way who I am and what I was purposed on this earth for. And it gives me that confidence to stand up and to be present. Because I think what I found before is that I was just constantly on this chase, whether it was chasing my business or chasing health or chasing relationship status, whatever it was, like I constantly chased and lived for that thing because I was never satisfied fully with who I was. I always wanted something more. I always thought something else would satisfy. But what I know to be true is that none of that will satisfy. And clearly why my faith component and spirituality aspect of this has become such a huge role in what I do here. And I still am slowly starting to transfigure this. But one thing that I've learned so deeply outside of therapy, but in my own walk is one, that things have changed for me when I stopped trying to love other people, when I stopped trying to gain approval, specifically from God, and instead, I just let them love me. I let him love me. And in my head, it sounds selfish. Like, I still try to wrestle with this idea of letting God love me because I think that I need to be good enough or I need to prove myself or I need to do X, Y, and Z. And it's not just in my relationship with God, but it's in every relationship, including the one of myself. 
I struggle to trust myself and to love myself because I feel like I haven't proven myself worthy yet. But you know what that shows is just how little my mind scope is. And everything changed when I really started to understand how deep God loves me. And just to go back a little bit, not to share this full story here because I really want to get into the lessons from my therapist, but I just want to go back because I've had a lot of emails come in lately about the faith aspect of this. And to be honest, when I started this whole thing, I never even thought that it would be a huge part of this. Like I thought we'd just be talking about nutrition and exercise, right? Like all these really basic things. But what I know is that life and health is a full integration of everything that we are. It's not just what we do, but it's who we are. And I think that in all of us, we were created and we are designed as humans who are in need of someone else. Like we we are designed to worship. And I struggled so much with this concept, not because it didn't make sense. Like I know when we study the science that, yes, we can see that our whole being is designed to need something, right? It's designed to need to be satisfied. And that's why we eat and overeat. And that's why we have the relationships that we do and why people turn to drugs and are so unfulfilled and lonely and all these things that we suffer with. But growing up, what I was taught was this fear-based faith, and I was taught to fear death and to fear going to hell and to fear doing the wrong things, and I'm not sure that that was actually what was being taught or just how my young mind was translating what was being taught, and I had a lot of fear around it, and so I equated everything that I did to a a line or a bar that I felt like I had to meet, and clearly being humans, we're never going to meet that. But it wasn't until the last few years that God really started to show me, whoa, 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 you're not going to prove yourself to me. And there's nothing you are going to do that is capable of changing my view from you. Because what I want you to know is that you are loved more than you will ever know. And if you don't take my love, you will not take love from any other person. And you will never love yourself the way that I designed you to be loved. And this wasn't an overnight transformation, but I feel like the more and more that I've learned about how deep his love for us is and that there's nothing I can do to prove myself or to make him love me more because he already loves me more than I ever deserved, man, it started to show me that maybe I was designed perfectly. Like maybe all of this that I struggled with was really not intended for my life. That maybe I could lay it all down, that I could be vulnerable and I could trust the process. And in that, I found the confidence to continue on, the confidence to look for healing in new ways and the confidence to say, yeah, I I can be healed. And I believe that for you too. And I not, I don't want to say this in a woo-woo way, but, but the truth of the matter is, is that spirituality and our faith matters. And I don't think that we will ever love ourselves in the way that we need to love ourselves, to respect ourselves, to be healthy without first understanding how deep his love for us is. So I want you to ponder that just like I have. Instead of all these things and ways and rules in which you need to live, like just stop and recognize how deep you are loved and let that sink in for a little bit. Again, that was kind of a rant and something that we'll talk about later as I continue to formulate these thoughts um, and write them down. I will share them with you. 
Anyways, if you're not signed up for my email list, make sure you head to the show notes at simpertswellness.com backslash 176 to get all the information on today's show. And also, you can get signed up for my hormonal reset. Now, if you've been following along in the show, then you know that our hormones are a big player in our emotions and how our body's responding to these things. And while I believe that we really do have to heal our emotions in order to heal our hormones, I do think that there is some value in lessening the burden or creating more space mentally and physically and emotionally when we kind of clean house in our body and give ourselves space to reset. I know the weeks that I feel better and that I'm more rested are definitely the weeks that I do more healing because we have to have space and the energy to heal. Like it doesn't just happen from an empty vessel. So we really have to do something in this process to fill ourselves back up. And one of the things that I recommend is just that quick five-day hormonal reset. It helps you get back on track and it also brings into the aspect of emotions through a journal that I have you go through every single day over there. So head to the show notes to check that out. But now today is 10 lessons from my therapist. Now, I know that there's a lot of taboo around therapy and counseling, and I think that society is starting to break the norms with that and to showcase that maybe in a way, counseling is one of the best things that we can do for ourselves. After going through many different counseling sessions and many different ways and forms, which I'll tell you a little bit about on here, What I really believe is that we could all benefit from it, whether you think you need to or not. And maybe like me, when I thought I didn't need it, uh, those were the times when I actually needed it the most. And so there's a lot of value that can be had by talking to someone and being vulnerable about situations and your past and just allowing it to come out. I really don't believe that we can do this work alone, no matter how hard I've tried and how much I've studied to see if you can, because I would if I could. I really don't think that we can. But what's interesting, as scary as it can be, once you start going, you almost crave it. Like I crave telling people now and I crave letting my emotions out and letting this negativity out because I'm more aware of how that is making me feel, how damaging that is to my body. So for instance, one of the things that I recognize is how harmful stress is to my body. So if you've been following along, you know I have this whole health history and I kind of lost my health for years there and I've had to really work to regain it. Now, what's fascinating to me is one of the biggest determinants of how I feel is actually related exactly to how stressed I am. So the more stressed I am, like whether I get into an argument with my husband or I feel like I failed at work or parenting is really hard, I will physically start to feel really, really bad. I'll get a pain in my neck and my hips will start to hurt. Like I feel it in my joints and this overall achiness in my body and just a lack of energy. And while you might be thinking, oh, she's just making this up. No, no, no. This is actually true physiological response, just like people who go to the doctor and their blood pressure spikes because they're nervous, right? We know that there are biological responses to hormones. In fact, as Dr. Goodstein, who's a clinical professor of psychiatry at New York University School of Medicine, the brain is intimately connected to our endocrine system, which secretes hormones that can have a powerful influence on your emotional health, thoughts, and feelings, As they are generated within the mind, it can influence the outpouring of hormones from the endocrine system, which in effect controls much of what goes on inside the body. Like our 
emotions are having a tremendous physiological response inside of our body and it's changing the way things are happening and why I feel like in some instances, people are carrying the weight of the world and literal pounds on their body. Like this is a true phenomenon and I think that we have to be very aware of it because if you're doing quote unquote everything right, I mean, I was doing this too and you only felt like your health was slipping away and you can't seem to get that back into control, I think one great and valuable resource is finding some kind of therapist or counselor where you can start to work through this stuff. It is not a quick fix, (laughs) and it's a painful process, but it is one 100% of the time I would do over and over and over again. This matters, and why I've devoted so many podcasts to this. So there are lots of places to get counseling and therapists. I would just Google search in your area some great therapists, go for some top-rated ones, or maybe even start to ask around. I think there are more people who are hitting up therapy and counseling than ever before, and generally, someone has a good recommendation. And you're, if you're in my area, I would love to give you some of my resources that I've used. But I want to tell you who I'm considering my therapist, because it's not just paid professionals. But I think those are highly prioritized in my healing process. So I go to a marriage and family counselor. I go to an individual counselor. I do some emotional work, um, which is just the therapy work. It's, it's more silent-based. I believe that my, my time with Jesus is, is also a form of counseling. And then I think those deep very connected friendships I have, again, are another form of counseling that I have. When I go on my morning run with one of my great friends, that is a form of counseling to me. So there are lots of different things and places that I do this, but it's any time and any place that you can feel safe and vulnerable enough to let out your past and to experience healing in some way. So to me, that's what therapy is. And it it is, again, so crucial. So I just want to share a few things that I've personally learned from my therapist that I think are great points that you can take away from this entire series, but also hopefully will encourage you and spur you on to want to go and dig into this work for yourself because there's a great awareness that we must have in order to heal. And without that awareness, I feel like healing is is impossible. (laughs) We have to be aware of ourselves in order to fully heal ourselves because we have to know how are we feeling in any given day and what choices can we make based on how we're feeling to, I don't want to say manipulate, but maybe biohack that feeling in a positive direction for our health. But again, we have to be aware enough in order to do this stuff so we know if we're making improvements and things that are actually doing good things for your body instead of harm. So my first lesson, and these are in no particular order, but my first lesson that I learned in therapy is that you can't fix anyone. And this was a hard one for me because I am in this space because I want to fix everyone. I want to fix the world health problem. But the reality of what I had to learn is I had to lay that down because I was carrying the weight of that every single day and it was wrecking me. And When she brought this up, it was an instant relief and yet frustration at the same time. A relief in the fact that I don't have to carry the emotions of other people because I cannot fix them. It was frustrating because no matter how bad I want it for someone else, it doesn't mean I can make it happen. Like we cannot fix other people no matter how bad you want it for them. The truth of the matter is, is that we can only fix ourselves just like they can only fix themselves. It's a choice 
And people have to be ready to do the change, to do the work that it creates to change. And we can't force that upon them. And so I want you to take a deep breath. Like I have to take a deep breath and constantly remind myself, it is not my job to fix someone else. I can encourage, I can motivate, I can help, but I do not have to carry the weight around of fixing them. That is our responsibility to fix ourselves. Number Lesson number two is you have to stop giving your critic words, including your inner critic. I think she gave me great advice, and I wrote this in an email a while ago, I think back in April, but she said, don't take criticism from someone you wouldn't take advice from. And I think that's really important because in this world of online and social media and just throwing up comments in written form, it's so easy to say things that we don't have to say to their face, right? It's easy to say really hurtful things when you don't have to look a person in their eyes. And I think no matter where you are and what you do, whether you're on social media or not, today we live in a hurtful world and hurt people hurt people. And we are seeing this more than ever. But here's the thing. A lot of times hurt people hurt you or hurt other people, not necessarily intentionally just to wreck the world, but I think a lot of people hurt people because they want to bring them down to their level. I'm going to get to this lesson later on because I found out that I was doing this and it was not healthy. But hurt people really want other people to hurt like they're hurting. It's, it's a means for them to take back control of their life or their situation or try to find some kind of peace with where they're at, even though it never works. It only makes the problem worse, which often leads these hurt people to want to hurt more people in different ways. And so we have to stop giving people we wouldn't take advice from the ability to criticize us and take away our power. You do not have to go to their level of hurt people. We don't. We have the choice and we don't have to take it. We don't have to listen to it. Yeah, words are going to be slung at us all the time. Like that's just part of life. But we have to be careful about who we accept that from and who we don't. Of course, there are times when people you really want to take advice from are going to give you constructive criticism, right? That is constructive and to be used for your benefit. But you do not have to take the criticism of people you do not know and who you would not take advice from. So just stop it. If it comes in, just delete it. Don't even pay attention. In fact, what I've been doing is that I start blocking those people on social media who seem to never have anything positive to say to me, not necessarily for my protection, but for their protection as well. Because clearly I am doing something that hurts them. And if they can't stop that, stop themselves from seeing that, I can stop that for them. So again, stop giving your critic words. And this includes your inner critic, which maybe is more impactful for you than outside criticism. I think the harder step in this is shutting down that inner critic. The one who tells you, you can't, you're never good enough. You're not pretty enough. You're not smart enough. You're not confident enough. You can't do that. You know, the one that always pulls you down. We don't have to listen to that one either. And every time that voice comes up, we have to shut it down because she will come to steal and to destroy and to knock you down and prevent you from going where you desire to go. As Emily Freeman says in her latest book, The Next Right Thing, she says, the critic will only live if we let her live. And I think that's a really great picture of how we can stop the critic before it takes away all of our power. So stop listening to your inner critic. This is, again, a self-awareness tactic that you have to be so self-aware that you can shut her down 
before she takes control. And the key with this is getting to her before she really sabotages you and steals enough of your power that you give it all away to her. So stop letting the inner critic steal your power. Lesson number three is no matter where you go, be where you are. Man, we hear this idea of being present all the time. And one thing that I've learned in healing is that so often I was just running from the present because it seemed too painful to stay in. And it sounds so silly when I say it. And I'm not going to discount my feelings because that's also another lesson. We're all going through stuff. And even if I'm not going through horrific things at this moment, life can still be painful. And I don't think we can discount that because it's not as traumatic as someone else is experiencing. But I am going to say is that a lot of times I was running or pursuing or chasing something down because I thought it would take away of where I was. I never wanted to stay here because it never seemed good enough. It was always too painful or not where I thought I should be. But one aspect of healing that I had to come to realize is that healing only happens now. Like it only happens in the present moment. It's not in this futuristic thought that we have that we can just do later on, but healing happens here and now. And so in order to really heal, I had to sit here. (laughs) I had to be here, sit in my feelings, sit in where life had me, and to really look around. But you know what I found is that the more I sat there, the more I recognized how beautiful this was and how, how I was running away from something that I had prayed for for so long. You know, you hear of that all the time. But as Michaela said a few weeks ago, you know, maybe we are standing on the space that we we are chasing and longing to be at. And I think that there's this presence of really staying here in the moment that will actually take us further. And I know that sounds kind of backwards, but I really think that in order to move in the right direction, to move forward, we have to stay here. And there's this staying in that's so difficult. But again, that creates so much healing and so much awareness. Lesson number four is tearing others down doesn't lessen the pain or make you feel better, but building others up and giving others is actually one of the most healing things that we could do. Now, we kind of talked about this earlier about the criticism that people come to tear you down and hurt people hurt people. I was doing this more than I ever let on. I was called out of this by someone I trusted, and that's why I took their advice. But I was trying to bring, specifically in my marriage, my husband down to the level that I was feeling. And I did this on a daily basis. Like if I felt hurt, he was going to feel hurt. If I felt overwhelmed, he was going to feel overwhelmed. Like I wanted him to feel me because it seemed like if I didn't, then they would never understand where I am. Then I could maybe never get help or healing or I, I wouldn't get myself out of this mess. But what I learned is that the more that I did that the more that I was actually tearing him down to be more hurt and I was stealing his power so he couldn't help me the way that I wanted to be helped. While this is difficult for me, what I'm slowly learning is that the more I encourage someone else and the more that I pick someone else up, not only does it help me get outside of myself because we really can't heal Broken people can't fix broken people, right? Like there's a sense of we have to get outside of ourselves in order to fully heal as well. And so what I found by giving to others and encouraging others and to sharing with others and and to seeking help in others, what I was really learning is that in that giving, I wasn't just healing myself, 
but I was empowering other people then to come back and actually help me in my hurt, to help pick me up and move me forward. And so it's, it's like a twofold approach of like, we make so much more progress when we actually encourage and help other people rather than try to make other people feel like we feel. It, this, this is one of the most difficult things for me, specifically in my marriage. I got ourselves into this vicious cycle of, of just breaking him down whenever I felt broken. And man, man, that was a tough one to break, but it was a really, really big one. Um, again, because you don't need someone to share in your misery, right? You need someone to help you out of that, to help encourage you and remind you of who you are and where you're going to, to say the right things over you when you're having a bad day, not to enable you to stay there. And I think when you tear people down, you just ask them to stay there with you, to sit in your misery with you, which is not a healthy place for anyone. And that's not going to help move you forward. So we have to stop tearing others down. Number five, add some color to your life. This is just a fun one, and it sounds, again, like one of those things that's so basic and so elementary that it's so easy to skip over. And trust me, I skipped over this for years. Uh, She was constantly telling me to bring out my inner creative, that, you know, I used to be a person who loved to paint, and um, I just am very artsy in general. Like, it's just a gifting of mine and something that I really love to do. But I put it on the back burner for a long, long time because I didn't think I had the time or that it didn't matter. But what really matters is that we stop trying to fix and we stop trying to chase and we start to learn to fill ourselves up. And in that filling, we are so much more purposeful and so much more powerful. And one of the ways that you can just fill yourself up is to add more color to your life. And and I simply take this as do more of the things that you love. Not in a selfish way or another thing that you have to do, but really just do more of that. Like I looked in my closet and I was like, yeah, I wear basically every shade of gray and a few blacks, maybe white occasionally, but that's rare because I have little kids. And so add something fun. Even if you don't wear it in public, she's like, wear it at home. Add some color to your life. Start to paint. Maybe get away from this whitewashed, white cabinets, white walls trend and add some color somewhere. Do you. That's really what she was going for is be you, do you, and do more of that. Because the more you can tap into who you are by adding more color to your life, the more free you will be to be you outside of your home. And that will really take away those burdens and that pain of trying to fix yourself and instead just step into who you are and just fill yourself. So add more color, whether it's in your wardrobe, whether you get to paint or you paint a wall in your house, maybe you get a new bedspread for your bed. Maybe color to you is just adding some new pictures at work. I don't know what it looks like to add color for you, but for me, it was all of those things. And I just picked one and slowly just started adding and looking for ways to add more of me to my life. Number six is that you have to believe change is possible and know that change is a choice. What I'm really learning is that this is all a choice. Yes, there are things that are outside of our control, like what happens in our future and where we're going to go and how much we weigh. You know, like there are things that are outside of our control But we have to stop feasting so much on the things that we can't control and start to focus on what we can control and really believe that in that we can change greatly. So we have to believe that or or recognize that, you know, change is a choice. 
steps that we can change, but we have to choose to change. We have to choose to step outside of whatever is keeping us here and to see something better in where we want to go. We have to know that our feelings are a choice and how we react to situations are a choice. How we eat is a choice and how we move our bodies is a choice. How we respect others or listen to others. Like everything that we do in a day is a choice. What isn't a choice is things that are outside of our control, which often is our future or how other people react to the situation, right? So worry less about that and just know and believe that change is possible because it's just a series of small choices that you make every single day. We're going to dive more into this one specifically over on the email list. So make sure you sign up for that because I'm going to dive into that. That's, that's a deep one. But again, it's so simple if we really just get back to the basics of it. Lesson number seven is learn your triggers. There are things in your life that are triggering you to be stressed. There are things in your life that are triggering you to be unhappy, that are stealing your joy, that are causing you to emotionally eat or to not move. You have to know your triggers and start to understand, okay, are there ways, one, that I can prevent that trigger? Or if I can't prevent it, are there ways that I can come and create rhythms around that trigger that induce a healthy environment. So for example, maybe there are things you need to start saying no to in your life. Maybe you need to say no to so many after school activities. Maybe you need to say no to the extra work meetings. Maybe you need to say no to yourself. No, you don't have to work out for 90 minutes a day. No, you don't have to be a workoutaholic. No, you don't have to do that diet. You can start saying no to yourself, but at the same time, to take away that stress because that stress is just triggering other things to become chaotic in your life. I always think that chaos is a sign of unhealthiness. And so one is just learn to say no, to reprioritize your life. But the other situation is, is when you know that life is stressful or you can't overcome or get yourself out of a stressful situation. Maybe you have doctor's tests or your kids have a surgery or you have work meetings that are going to be really stressful or your spouse is going to be gone for a week. There are situations that can become really stressful, but instead of letting that stress ruin you, you make a plan and you create rhythms based around that. So for instance, I know in days that I'm really stressed, that night, I will make sure that I do go overboard and creating a restful space to relax, whether it's taking a hot bath, reading a good book, definitely staying off social media, going to bed early. Like those are all things and rhythms that I have in place when I feel like my body is overly stressed. At the same time, the next day, I make it a priority to get up and do a morning routine because I know that sleeping in only exaggerates the problem. And I know that waking up and doing a normal thing that fills me up actually helps me overcome that stress more. Or if I have weeks where it's stressful, then I also just give myself more space and more grace in those situations. Not every day has to look the same, but we have to be willing to ebb and flow based on the season of our life. And that's through learning our triggers. Lesson number eight is forgiveness isn't a feeling, it's an act. I mean, we can't talk about healing without talking about forgiving because I think that in any situation, we all struggle a little bit to forgive, whether it's someone else, a parent, a spouse, a child, maybe it's even God. Or one thing that I had to learn to forgive was myself. 
But one thing that I learned in forgiveness is it's not a feeling. And if you're waiting for a feeling to forgive, you're always going to miss it. Like you are always going to struggle with emotional distress and you're always going to carry around that baggage because man, forgiveness isn't a feeling. It's, it's again, another thing that's a choice. It can change your emotions definitely and how you react to those and your feelings can be different, but it's not a feeling. It's a choice. It's an act. And we have to be willing to forgive in order to heal. Lesson number nine, I talked about on the Monday Motivation Podcast, but feelings and emotions are two different things. We get to choose how we feel regardless of our emotions. Maybe a better way to put this is our emotion is a reaction and our feelings are a perception. And I, and I hope that clarifies things for you because that's something that I thought about. Well, our emotions are reactions to our environment, right? Like there might be things that are hard or sad or make you feel angry or frustrated. Those are all real emotions, but the difference is what we do with them, and that becomes the feeling, and our feelings are perceptions of our emotions, and so we can take those, and our perceptions or our feelings are where we act out of, and so what's interesting about this, you have to go back and listen to Monday's podcast, is essentially what they're finding is that if we clarify the difference in our life to know that we have emotions, and a lot of emotions are just a part of our, our environment, right? We're just reacting to what's happening. But what we can do is we can biohack or change our feelings, and it's a choice. So whether our emotions are the same, what we know is that we can change the feeling about that emotion. If your emotion is to be anxious or stressed or worried, you can start to switch that and have a better feeling about that because you know that anxiety is coming from a place of good, that you're just worried, but you can start thinking about how you want to feel and start biohacking that feeling to create a different action. And in time, what they're learning is that those emotions, those negative emotions actually lose their weight and can become a very powerful and positive thing in your life. So you can take negative emotions like stress and worry and sadness, and you can create a positive spin on that over time as you kind of hack your feelings or your perceptions of that. If we constantly think these things are negative and that they're doing harm to our body, of course they will. But if we can start to see the good even in negative emotions, we can start to use them for good in our lives and that changes the game. And that's how we continue to walk even when there's endless hurdles or real crisis situations in our life. How people move forward is not because they don't have the emotion, it's because they've changed the perception of that motion and therefore changed their feelings. Again, go back to Monday's episode where we dive so deep into that And I hope it's something that really just gives you a new perspective. But the last one that I learned that I'm sharing here is vulnerability. Vulnerability breeds change and it creates space. And the episode with Michaela, I kind of created this equation that trust plus vulnerability breeds confidence. And as I've thought about this, I really believe that to be true, that I've become more confident in who I am and where I'm going in my day-to-day life. Like I've become more of me. I've come home to me. The more vulnerable I've been with my past and how I'm feeling and letting go of emotions and really opening myself up to who I am. And so vulnerability is a huge one. Like if we can't be vulnerable with ourselves and other people, we will probably never experience healing. You have to go listen to the Brené Brown Netflix special called Courage, I think, and just listen to her because you'll start to see how impactful 
vulnerability can be on the entire course of your life. And so we have to be vulnerable and we have to be vulnerable with other people in order to breed this change that we're really looking for. Change stems from vulnerability. And as long as we try to hide our emotions and try to hide our past, I think we'll constantly flee from the now, from the present, from who we are. And if we're constantly fleeing from us, from you as a human, you're never going to change. Like you're never going to satisfy. You're never going to get where you want to be because you have to know yourself in order to know who you want it to be. And I know this is all deep. And I went through those really quickly And I could have spent five hours talking to you about this, but there is so much power in just slowing down and doing the emotional work. Yes, it takes time, but it's really in your control and in your mind space. And you have to believe that healing this can help heal your body because the two go hand in hand. I am believing more and more that stress is the number one culprit to our health problems Yes, we can blame a lot of other things. And yes, we can blame food and exercise. But so many people don't move and they overeat because they're stressed or they're overwhelmed or they're overworked or they're lacking energy. And oftentimes that comes from our mind space. We have to fix our mind in order to fix our body. And that is why I'm so passionate and why I've dedicated so much time for this. Because I could tell you how to do all the right things and you could do them. But if we don't clear the space in our body, if we don't release some of these emotions, our body is going to hold. It's going to go into survival mode and it's going to prevent weight loss in any way, shape or form and health for that matter. And so we have to start to work with our body to know that healing is possible. Yes, it can be painful, but it is so worth it on the other side. So my encouragement to you today is to do the work, to slow down, to be present and create the self-awareness, to start to understand what are your feelings? Who are you? Maybe go back to the joy experiment guide. I'll link that up in the show notes as well, but download that and really start to work through it. I've heard some pretty incredible stories about how that's just opened the door to so many people to maybe understand why they are where they are and how they can start to change. To understand that maybe you aren't even living remotely close to who you really want to be and who you believe you were designed to be. It's work, yes, but it is so worth it. I would also encourage you to check out a counseling center to sign up for counseling, to talk to someone. There's a lot of different ways to do that. Churches have counselors. Um, There's so many other great counseling centers in every area of the U.S. I definitely think that you should check out counseling. If you don't already get it, it is a lifesaver, something that I love and I look forward to just talking and sharing that experience. Like I said, it looks different in different seasons of life, but that's what's so cool about it. And honestly, it's been one of the greatest healing tools that I could have ever used. I'm going to link up some great counselors that I use in the online space, as well as some of my past guests who do that as well. Or if you want to meet in person, you can definitely check out, like I said, Google search some great counseling centers. Or if you're a local, let me know, message me, and I'll send you the counselors that I love. Anyways, that's it for today's show. I really just want to end this encouraging you to to know that you are loved more than you will ever know, that you are needed more than you will ever know, and you have a message that this world needs. Don't ever discount yourself because we need you. This world needs you. I need you in this space, and I'm so, so incredibly grateful for you. I see you. I hear you. I want to help you, and I just want this to be a place where we can grow together, where we can fully 
step into who we were created to be, to live that, to live loved and to love other people well, where we're not put down by other things and we're not constantly trying to fix problems, but that we can fill ourselves up and live a satisfied whole life. That is my mission. I don't know exactly 100% the perfect equation for that, but what I do know is that it includes love, letting yourself be loved, and loving yourself. And so as I leave you, I hope that you will do that. Head to the show notes, simperitswellness.com backslash 176. If I could hug you, I would. So I'm just gonna give you a virtual hug. I just want you to know that if you ever have anything specific or you need to open up about something that you've never told anyone. I think that there is power in just writing that out and releasing that into the world. I can be that person for you, that listening ear to hear you and what you have to say without judgment and to offer back encouragement to help you on this journey. So feel free to email me at any point. I do read and respond every single email um, because I do love you so much. Thank you so much for tuning into this mindset series. We're switching gears a little bit. We're talking about raising healthy eaters and whether you have little eaters at home or not, this is specifically about intuitive eating. So you're gonna wanna stay tuned. Then we're gonna flip gears and go to the Enneagram series on how to eat for your Enneagram type. If you don't know what the Enneagram is, don't worry. We'll dive into that later. Again, I thank you so much. I love you deeply. And I am so honored that you're here and doing this journey with me. And most importantly, that you're doing the work. You're committing and making a choice to the work that really matters. Keep going. You've got this. Don't stop. And let yourself just be you. I will see you back here next week on Wednesday for the first series in a two-part series on intuitive eating. Thanks for tuning in and have a great weekend.